Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. Good to be with all of you once again. We want to tell you about a free course you can download right away called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. And this is a course for anyone who has broken trust in their uh, romantic, intimate relationship, or they have been betrayed by broken trust. And you can click on the link in the show notes and uh, access the course right away. And what you'll find in the course are some foundational teachings on rebuilding trust, healing from broken trust, and then things couples can do to navigate these really difficult first weeks and months in the trust building process. So we hope you'll check it out and access it and hope it's a great support to you. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a really fun concept Yeah, that's kind of new. You heard a, an official term for it recently, but this is something you see a lot, and it's malicious compliance. Yeah, if you Google that term, apparently it's it's all over. I mean, I, Wikipedia has an entry for it. Mm, okay. It's like a business term, apparently. Mm, yeah. And there's lots of other ways to describe it, but I thought it was a really descriptive yeah, phrase. You yeah. Know? Well, and I think most people are hearing that and kind of have a uh-huh. somewhat of an idea of yeah. where we're going with this today. Like it's, pretty, like it's pretty self-explanatory yeah. in a way. Yeah. But I think why we wanted to talk about it in this context here with couples rebuilding trust is that, I mean, this is a dynamic I see all the time. And, and the person I was talking to about this was describing this in, in her relationship, but she used this phrase and I'm like, yeah, I see that all the time. Like that's exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just read something real quick off of Reddit. Yeah. I actually Googled to say like, what's the official definition? I'm just curious. Cause she's like, she told me, she said, look it up. It's a term that's everywhere. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I looked it up online and, and The definition here that they have says, malicious compliance is the act of intentionally inflicting harm by strictly following orders, rules, or policies with the knowledge that compliance with the policy will not have the intended result. Mm -hmm. So essentially, doing exactly what somebody asks you to do, knowing they're not going to get what they're wanting in the asking with the specific thing that Uh they've asked for. It reminds me of the more cowbell sketch on SNL. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what part I'm talking about? Yeah. Where Will Ferrell's like- The more cowbell part? No, but where he's like tapping it slowly, oh, yeah. slower, but he's tapping it. He's technically <laughs> playing the cowbell. It's a childish game. It That's is. what you're getting at. Right. Yeah. It really is. It is an immature response mm-hmm. to a tough situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can tell yourself- you can lie to yourself and anybody else and say like, well, I'm doing it. Uh-huh. And feel and convince yourself that you're doing the the quote unquote best thing because mm-hmm. you're doing exactly what you're being asked to do. Right. But I also believe that part of the malicious part of the mal- mm-hmm. malicious compliance is that is that the person knows 100% that they 
are not only going to create the outcome that that policy or rule or requ- request is intended, but also that they're not created. Sorry. They're not going to create it. Right. But they don't okay. want to create it. I right. They know it's not going to happen and they know that they're not going to make it happen. Sure. They're not interested in, yeah. in fact, they're, they're being subversive on purpose. Mm-hmm. So one of the examples that came up with this, if I can just share some Please. maybe betrayal or relational couples dynamics with this. I mean, we see this in children. So there's lots of examples yeah. because it's a child. It's such an immature behavior. Mm-hmm. And we all have experience with it. Yeah, I've done it. Uh-huh. Everybody does it. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's so many examples of it. But when you're rebuilding trust, this is a really, this is a really important thing to, to see and own and confront and deal with because it's, it's going to undermine it even though you're technically following the rules. Mm-hmm. So a couple of examples that have come up that came to my mind when talking about this idea of malicious compliance is like, for example, hey, I could really use some space in the relationship. You know, it could, oh, it could sure. be something like one of the most common things I see is, you know, someone's discovered something or there's been a, a betrayal of some kind and, and the betrayed partner is saying, I, I need some room. I need some space. I, I can't. Yeah, this is, there's so much here. Yeah, I, I got to sort some things out. I need some time alone in my room. Can you sleep on the couch or can, I, can we not talk about this as much or can you just give me some room or whatever? And the malicious compliance part is like, yeah, I'll give you some room. And it's like they back so far up that they're technically giving the space, but they know or at like, some level it's punishing. They're, yeah, they're punishing too much distance. space, right? It's too much space. They know that this is going to hurt the other person, that it's going and to- And maybe, maybe even hope that it will. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, at worst. Yeah. There could be an immature part of like hoping that they'll want them back, right? It can be a game, mm-hmm. like kind of cat and mouse of like, well, I'll back up so far, you'll wish I were closer. It can have all kinds of things, but the intended- application, the intended request isn't happening, which is to promote healing for the person who's been hurt. Right. 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 Yeah. There's no intention of saying, well, you know, asking another question, how much space do you need? What would be supportive? Yeah. Right. They're not interested in like trying to find that sweet spot that would really be supportive and promote healing. Instead, it's like, I'll comply, but I'm going to hurt you back. Yeah. Because what you're asking me is hard for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make sure it, I'm hurting in what you're asking and I'm going to make sure that goes both ways. Yeah. So I'm curious as you're thinking about this, as we're talking about it, where do you feel like that line is, you know, in terms of, well, I don't agree with the request. I don't agree with the rule or I'm not okay with it or I don't like. And I mean, I have some thoughts on that, but I'm curious what you think. Yeah. That's a good thing to, I think, to talk around. I just think that Oh, I have some. Well, because it's not like joyful compliance, right? I mean, some things are going to be painful and hard and you might not even agree with them. So it's not like somebody says, for example, this, the space thing that we're talking about. It's not like somebody is saying, I really could use some space. I'm very hurt. And the other person's like, that's, I would love to give you that space. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just an exaggeration. It's dumb. Like nobody's going to say that if you're hurting and there's a relationship and there's been damage and there's pain. So- you know, when, when you're not, when you don't feel good about it or you're nervous about the boundary or, or insecure about it or, or just don't agree with it or worry that it's going to do, make things worse. How do you, you feel threatened by it? Yeah. Or feel threatened by it. Then what, you know, how does that not turn into malicious compliance? That's really what I want to explore for a minute. Yeah. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, where is the line? Yeah. Where's the line with that? Yeah. It's got to be a little more standard than just an internal meter. Yeah. 
You have some initial thoughts about that? I do. I mean, my, my initial thought is like if, if malicious compliance is the immature response, then I think the mature response is to say, I mean, part of being an adult to me is doing things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's like every day for me and you and every other adult out there. We we comply with a lot of things we don't want to comply with. I drive the speed limit when I would rather not because I need to get somewhere faster. And sure. I think I can control my car, you know, mm-hmm. and the list goes on. There's just so many examples of that, including things that maybe we even agree are good things. We still don't want to do them. And so I think part of it is just just growing up inside of ourselves and recognizing this is one of those things that if there's a greater good or there's something about it that I, I'm just going to trust is good. It's good medicine. It's going to help promote healing. And you can just be honest with yourself and just say, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it because I know it'll help. And I think that's a good starting place to be honest with it instead of just immediately going into like, fine, acting like I'm good with it, or even being polite about it, but inside being like, I hate this. I'm so mad about it. I don't want to. I think just, so if you're talking to your partner, even to be able to say like, that's going to be really hard. That's going to be really challenging, but so I'm guessing. But I'm, I'm most people don't break it down to that degree. The immature response can be so reflexive. Oh, totally. That somebody is asking of you something that's going to be really hard for you, and not only that, but it probably exposes some things that are really <laughs> totally. unpleasant to look at. Right. And so it's going to be a challenge. That's not going to happen. It's not going to be like, oh, man, this is hard for me. I'm feeling the pull of wanting to punish and wanting it. That's not. I guess maybe I was thinking like, I mean, that might, somebody might be able to pull that off in the moment, especially if we're talking about it and we raise their consciousness around it. Sure. I think that that is possible. I think without some discussion around it prior to it, no, of course not. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's something that you can do if you're, you know, you do have an immature or reflexive response that's, that's not supportive. And then you come back and recognize that you're in malicious compliance and you want to correct it. Mm. I think there is a mature way out of that. Sure. To take responsibility. One, stop, no, do no harm, right? So like, don't just keep hurting the person or punishing them. Yeah. But also taking just personal ownership for how, how you feel about it, how it affects you, whether you share it with them directly or not, but it just talking about it, owning it and yeah. acknowledging how tough it is. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And that's some work. There's some work there yeah. to figure out why we respond the way we do, especially in some of these harder and more immature ways. Right. I mean, you, you know, let's say that, I mean, a lot of people I work with, they, you know, all of us have like abandonment attachment stuff. I mean, we all struggle with little things like that or big things. And so there, that might be an opportunity to, to lean into some of that and say like, yeah, like space in this example, I get really scared. Yeah. I'm it, terrified I'm going to lose the relationship, you know? Yeah. I want to offer that to you. I know that that's what you need right now, and I'm going to work to get the support that I need because this is scaring, scaring me to death right now. Yeah. I mean, that would be a really mature, high-level, healthy response. For sure. And I but think most of us, when we find ourselves in a situation like this, we're not operating on no. those levels. No, but I'm, I, I know that I'm talking about these, I, these, these responses that are probably like ideal, best-case scenario. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's helpful to talk through like- what Yeah, could see what like. it could be, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I think it's important to validate like, look, if you can't do that, you're pretty normal. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you can catch it. Yeah. You know, so to me, it like the worst outcome is, you know, would be the malicious compliance, like the punishing the other person. You consciously knowing you're going to reverse the outcome that it's intended. Yeah. And that to me is abusive. It's immature. It's cruel. 
So let's start here. How does somebody identify that in themselves? I think there's a lot of blindness around it. Yeah. I think if you find yourself really angry and resentful, it's probably likely you're doing some level of malicious compliance, especially if you're going along with it. I mean, if you're going along, if you're okay. straight up, just like I won't give you space. Well, that's that's not, not compliance. That's an art, maybe malicious, but <laughs> but it's not compliance. Yeah. Right. And that, but at least the other person then knows. Sure. Like, okay, they're not going to give me space. I need to make a decision based on that. Yeah. And then that becomes, at least it's honest and it's upfront and you can work with it. Yeah. So carrying around resentment Mm -hmm. and anger, but going along would be some kind of a a cue Mm -hmm. to you that maybe you might have some of that going on. Yeah. I think anger and resentment are a great signal. Yeah. Okay. So once you've established that that's happening, how how would somebody move from malicious compliance into a more mature conversation around it? I mean, I would think initially if you've already done some damage, like for example, if if you took too much space to try and hurt them yeah, and you know that it had an effect or maybe you don't know, but you you know that you did that. Mm. I think it's important. Part of breaking Uh, that is to just own it. Be accountable. Sure. With compassion. Yeah. Like, you know what? I was really hurt by that and I responded really immaturely and it was damaging or I was abusive, or whatever you want to call it. Like, however you responded, just own that, like, you knew, it's like you got to name the gaslighting around it. I knew what you meant by give you space. Yeah. And I went way far away Uh to try and hurt you or get back at you. And that wasn't okay. So can we start that over? I really like would know what would be the ideal amount of space because I want you to heal. I mean, if you have a reaction that's horrible and you come back and catch it and own it, believe it or not, that could potentially rebuild some trust by you catching Yes, yes. And I want to say too, yes, that kind of conversation and activity could help somebody to heal. But what that does is it helps the couple to heal. That's not just a singular move. Right. It's not, well, I guess you get a win this time because I don't. It doesn't work like no. that. That the, Taking these steps means that the couple can win. Yeah, it's it's about harnessing reactivity, taking ownership of it, creating safety, yeah, changing the dance. And both people can do malicious compliance. Oh yeah. You know, anytime anybody has a request that you're not okay with, it, you know, both men and women do it and betrayed partners. But again, in this context, we're talking about usually the person who's been betrayed has a lot of boundaries or requests or needs. And that can put the person who broke the trust in a position where they're going along with things or they're having to agree to things as part of rebuilding trust that they may not be ready for. They may not feel like they understand or agree with right away. So what's the better thing? Is the better thing to go along with it all? Or is the better thing to just say, I'm making these concessions. Can I stick with these for a while and then add more? Like, Yeah, I think... Because you, somebody could easily be bombarded with or overwhelmed by all the requests. Yeah. In a situation where trust has been broken. Yeah. I think a request is really an opportunity for honest adult agreement. You're making agreements. Right. Right. And that's not somebody just... That's different than like a boss. Right. Like a boundary might be something like, you know what, you don't need someone's permission or even compliance for a boundary. Nope. You just are like, I'm just not going to... I'm going to run to the store. I'm going to create my own space. Yeah. See you in a little... Go. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if you comply or not. So the compliance part is really an extension of an attempt at agreement, of being able to say, I could really use this. Okay. 
I mean, in, 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 in a corporate application, which is where the term came from, malicious compliance, you know, employees are essentially agreeing to these policies because they're employed by the company. So there is an agreement there implicit in yeah. their work arrangement. Yeah. And so with a couple, it's not like an employer-employee kind of thing, but it is two people that are trying to rebuild something that's broken and there is a request in there. And so I think before you agree to something that you know that you're not going to support, yeah. That's where I think it's better to be honest up front and say, like, I yes. can't do that. Yeah. Honesty. Or I won't is do that. always better. And then you're like, okay, I have to adjust. Now, that may impact the relationship down the road, or I will do that. This will be really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I probably won't be perfect at it, but I won't hurt you. I'm not going to try and hurt you, mm-hmm. but I may, I may struggle with it. Like, you know, let's say give space. Yeah. I might text you when I shouldn't because I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to watch it. But it's not because I'm trying to hurt you. Or, yeah, I think the intention of like saying, like, I don't want to cause harm, even though I'm struggling with this, is a more mature, honest conversation. It is. And that conversation needs to happen because just because a request is being made doesn't mean that it necessarily should be complied with. Right. Or that it's going to be easy or that, like, right, it's going to be clean. Yeah. Like, it it really is up to the couple Mm -hmm. to identify the areas where where they need. Yeah to ask for and to give support. And so I think the malicious compliance, like for clarity is like, it, it really is around agreements and conversations around that. So like, you know, cause honestly, like if you set a limit or set a boundary and just say like, I won't participate in this thing anymore. And the other person then tries to hurt you or whatever, because of that, there was never sort of any agree, any sort of implicit or explicit rather agreement around how that should be. So mm you know, that may change what you do with future boundaries. You may just say like, well, I need to back this thing way up then because I'm not safe. But I find that most couples that I work with, you know, need a lot of education on what a boundary is, what an agreement is. Yeah. Understand that because sometimes it can turn into a parent-child thing of like, well, you just need to do all these things. And then the other person's just like, so we're not going to have a conversation about that or whatever. Mm -hmm. I find that people that are really serious about rebuilding trust will usually go with the request. They understand at some level, they're like, okay, I've hurt you. Yeah. And their heart is soft and they're like, I want to promote healing. So they'll go with it. And it's it's kind of a request slash boundary. It's just like, I need this. Okay, you can have it. But as you go along and things advance further, sometimes things There's are lasting longer than they expected take. or yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it can get messy. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Honesty is huge in this. Yeah, it is huge. It'll keep you out of that malicious part of the compliance. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have other thoughts on that? No, no. I just think that probably like the best steps in this scenario are just a willingness to be straight with yourself and your partner mm-hmm. about where you're at. Right. And where where you're hoping to end up. Right. Yeah. And if you feel like, oh man, I don't I could never say that to my partner because I've hurt them, so I'm not allowed to speak up about these things, then I would encourage you to process it with somebody who's a safe support, mm-hmm. a therapist, coach group member, sponsor. I mean, somebody you're working with who, you know, you can talk to and they, they might be able to point out or reflect back and just say like, you know what, like, I can see that this is hard for you. You can have some some validation, some support. And then you, and you say like, you know what, it is hard, but it, I, I see the value in it. And I, I know it's the right thing to do. Okay. And, I mean, you can have a space to kind of workshop that a little bit. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Everybody gets to have human responses. I mean, we're uh-huh. we're all working through this and trying to figure out how to do this, but your partner who's been hurt may not have the bandwidth to care about your opinion about their boundary or the 
the agreement and they may just say like i really just need this can you please support me yeah lots to talk about with this it's so interesting so yeah um, but just helpful to see that it that it can be a red flag be yeah. aware of it and yeah, and if you have comments on this you know you can jump on instagram we we post clips from this podcast on instagram and you can comment on there and share your thoughts on on this topic and maybe give examples of it and yeah engage with us over there on instagram and on facebook so We'd love to hear from all of you. Continue the conversation. That's right. Thanks, everyone. 